Welcome into the Joshua Perry Show here on Monday, March 11th, 2019. It is, of course, starring former Ohio State captain, linebacker, national champion, and NFL player Joshua Perry. I am Dave Biddle. Joshua, always great to talk to you. Welcome into your show. I am just always excited to be here. It's one of my favorite ways to start off the week. <laughs> Buckeyes have this week off for spring break, and sure. but, you know, there are two practices in for spring ball. I know you were out there Friday. I was out there Friday as well, but you were there for the entire practice. It's almost like that former players get like special treatment or something. You know, just you know, before we get into like the nuts and bolts, just from a global standpoint so far, like what's kind of stood out to you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. We're we're experiencing a little bit of a new era, so um, it's kind of weird walking into the Woody, kind of seeing practice running a little bit differently but it's fun nonetheless um things that stand out number one is just the new staff so when you look at the defensive side of the ball which is where i tend to focus man it's just different indie drills look a little bit different you hear some different voices out there and i think that there's a a renewed energy among the players which is great to see and then offensively um you got a quarterback battle and i think uh you know last year was kind of a a similar thing but we all kind of knew who was going to win the job after seeing Dwayne step into that Michigan game. This year, guys battling it out, who you really aren't too sure of. One guy is new. One guy has been around the program. Both of them can throw the ball around the yard a little bit. I think Justin Fields is probably the better athlete out of the two of them. That's not really a discussion. So um, it'll be interesting to see how either one of them makes the most of this opportunity. But, um, you know, just a, a different feel around the Woody, more or less. You know, get into the differences that you've noticed so far. I know it's so early, but even even before spring, there had to be some things that have changed from the Urban Meyer era, the way things were done the last few years, and then the way Ryan Day is doing things so far. What are some um, differences you've noticed so far, Joshua? Yeah, so the offseason program was more or less the same just because Mickey Marotti has always been the guy running that, that coach is on the road recruiting, and, you know, they're in the meeting rooms trying to get their plans together um, just to figure out how they're going to run the program. Um, so that really wasn't a difference. The one thing that you can feel and it's tangible is that the, the Woody is way less tight, you know, like you could feel the tension in the Woody as you were walking in there previously. And it was just how urban ran his thing. You know, he had kind of everybody on edge just a little bit and he wanted you to always feel like there was somebody kind of nipping at your heels and, um, you know, everything was competitive, even the way you walked down the hallway. And it's not that Ryan Day isn't a competitive guy and he's not trying to push guys, but he does it a little bit differently. And so there's more of a calm, I don't want to use the word relaxed, but more of a calm around the Woody to where guys feel, um, you know, a little less stress on their shoulders around this time of the year, which I think can be a good thing. Um, so that, that would probably be the biggest difference to me. Um, and it's been welcomed. I think just across the program, you guys like that feeling right now because spring's a tough time. You know, you're, you're truly in the thick of making sure that you can get your spring classes together so you're going to be eligible for the fall. Um, you know, socially, weather's starting to change, so you're kind of here and there, and you're not practicing every day. And so being able to come around the building and not feel all crazy all the time is a good thing for those guys. And looking at the quarterbacks, you know, everybody, myself included, I shouldn't say everybody, uh, most people just thought, yeah, Matthew Baldwin's good, but this is clearly going to be Justin Fields' job. Matthew Baldwin looks good when we're out there, and it's, again, just two practices. I think Justin Fields looks good, too. I think he's just going to keep looking better and better and better the the more comfortable he gets. Uh, Ryan Day says, this is a battle, and a lot of fans scoff at that, like, come on. 
Um, what's the real story here? Is this a legit uh, quarterback competition in your mind? Uh, no, because, I mean, Justin Fields already, as you've seen, he's been running with the ones, and he's a guy who's never been around the program. And so if it was truly that battle, you would think that they would put Baldwin out there knowing that Fields could probably go out there and get him and, and let it be the chase there. But they've kind of put him in that number one slot. But I think it, it, the, the battle is, is different for these guys because for Baldwin, it's the mental battle because he's been in the system. He knows Coach Day and he knows what the offense is and what the expectation is. And the mental battle for him is chasing a guy who's never been here before. For Fields, to me, it's the physical battle of can I get to the level that everybody expects me to get physically? You know, come out here in the first couple of days. There are more interceptions, I think, in the last two days of spring ball than there were all last spring for the defense. That's the twofold thing is, number one, the defense is a lot better. They're flying around. They're playing free. And these guys are making plays. But the other thing is, Justin Fields isn't the passer that Dwayne Haskins was. And there's an expectation that he is going to get to a level where he's going to be a very good passer in this offense. So I think for him physically, he's got to make some improvements. I think his mental state is fine. For Baldwin, physically, he's been able to throw the ball really well. And we've seen his comfort with that. And, and coming out of the Woody last year, especially during bowl season, were guys talking about how well he could throw the ball. For him, it's the mental aspect of there's this new guy who's coming in in a time where I could be the guy running the offense, and mentally I have to be prepared for that. Brendan White moving – he hasn't officially moved to linebacker. He's, he's moving a little bit back and forth. He does his position drills with the linebackers now, though. Um, again, when they're out there actually doing team drills, sometimes he's at linebacker, sometimes he's at safety. And I guess that's going to be his role. He's going to be a true hybrid out there. And we've seen what they do at that school up north with certain guys his size. Um, just your thoughts, you know, a lot of fans are curious about that. Your thoughts on, on Brendan White kind of moving around a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I saw Brendan running around the middle of the field playing safety and also saw him, like you said, lining up kind of in the box or out in space there at linebacker depth. Um, we've, we've seen his body type work as a linebacker. Um, you're talking about the, the more the Ryan Shazier, Darren Lee body type where, um, you know, he's – probably 6'1", so he's a tall enough guy, but he's not super heavy. He's probably 215 to 220. Um, Darren Lee, you know, the, the, the program might have said that he was 230, but he was realistically probably in the 220 range. Um, we've seen how that worked. I think it's going to be good because he has the speed to be able to, to cover tight ends man-to-man, to be able to walk out on a receiver and cover those guys in man situations or in a tight matchup zone. Um, but, you know, he's got that, that – that snap and that physical pop to be able to play in the box as well. And that's the one thing you look at because, you know, when they were trying to decide if Darren was going to be a safety or a linebacker, the one question they had was that durability. And can he get that pop? And we saw it. And the one thing that I don't think anybody's questioning right now for Brendan is can he get that pop? Because we saw when he had to step in to Nebraska game, you know, he was knocking guys back. And we hadn't seen that from any of our linebackers all year last year. And a safety comes in the game and does it. I think it's going to be a great position. Um, I think we've seen the success of that position in the NFL where you've got guys who were drafted as safeties now playing in the, in the box as linebackers. You know, box safety position's been around for a while, but now it's even more emphasized that teams are, are going to, you know, just pass first offenses with these great receivers and these good quarterbacks. So I'm excited about that transition. 
We'll stay with the linebackers. I'm sure you won't have a problem with that too much. Um, but uh, what else has stood out about the linebackers? Any, any, anything about the young guys, the veterans? Just anything that stood out about the uh, the linebackers thus far? Yeah, they're making plays. It stands out, and that's what you want coming out of the middle of your defense, man. Is guys flying around making plays. Uh, one guy who I am excited to see playing well is Justin Hilliard, who's it seems like he's been around for 20 years now. Um, but the coaching staff likes him a lot. They're high on him, which is a good thing because you need that leadership out of your older guys. I think Tough Borland right now looks like a renewed player. Uh, I think his confidence is right, which is a great thing because, you know, it's tough in the age of social media for him probably to hop on Twitter and see some of the crazy things that people have said about him to come with that mentality um, that he's had so far is great. I know we're only a couple days in. Um, You know, Taraja Mitchell's a guy who everybody's excited about, and he looks like he's fast, but he's, you know, thickened up a bit, which is good. And then my guy, um, who I'd love to see have a spectacular year, whether that's playing on teams again or, or, or playing at a linebacker, is Dallas Gantt. And, you know, he was a kid who came in early, and you had a ton of questions because he's – I mean, he could run, but he looked like Bambi out there. You know, coordination probably wasn't where you wanted it to be and had no pop. And he's a guy who's thickened up now. He's in the 230 range, and he's playing like he's in the 230 range, which is great to see. Um, you know, you've got your usual suspects where – Malik Harrison is, you know, he's going to be the guy on the defense, I think. Uh, but it's super exciting to see the evolution of this group. I keep hearing that the players are really taking to – the defensive players really are taking to Al Washington, Greg Madison, Jeff Halfley. I guess what what are they going to say? Like, well, we hate these new coaches. No, but no, but no this is this is people saying it kind of like, you know, on background, saying, hey, these players like really like Greg Madison. They really like Jeff Halfley. They really like Al Washington. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Are you hearing the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll speak to Al first. The great thing about him is although he is not, um, you know, he wasn't a Buckeye, he is a Buckeye because he grew up around here and his dad played for Ohio State. And he understands what it means to be an Ohio State linebacker. And what was really interesting was at the end of practice on Friday, uh, myself, it was uh, uh, Bobby Carpenter, and it was Big Al out there. And they had, you know, had to say a few words to the linebackers before they sent him off the spring break and Al's daddy, which was great, said, you know, when I played here, the linebackers were the shit and that's what you guys need to be. And that's what Al believes himself. And so just number one, that belief in the linebacker group being the core of the team is fantastic because that's how Luke Fickle was. And uh, there's a ton of credit for that. But number two, also the way that he approaches the players and the way that he approaches former players where he wants us all to be integrated because he understands the tradition here and the pride. And he understands that as a coach, he can't do it all himself. And maybe guys are going to have to lean on us to ask questions to in the whole deal. And he is so open to that, which is awesome. But he's done a great job just infusing energy. And, uh, you know, people had a lot of questions about Coach Madison being the old dog. You know, what's he going to bring? Man, he is sharp as shit, first and foremost. And it's fantastic to see um, just the way that he understands the game and his knowledge. But number two, the way that he interacts with players and his evaluation of players is what I'm super excited about. Because I had about, you know, three or four minutes with him just talking about guys and expectations of what he wants to see. And it was fantastic because early on in the spring, his mentality is get guys in the system, let them play, let them run around, let it be simple. You know, send them into spring break feeling good, and then we're going to come back and we're going to get on these guys. And I'm like, man, that's going to be fantastic. So the defense to me is going to be super exciting. You know, he talked to Ryan Day, which I had a chance to do. He's really excited about the direction of this unit. Uh, nothing but energy and enthusiasm coming from that group, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm here for it. 
And then flipping to the offensive side of the ball, Mike Yurcich is the one new offensive coach. I mean, he's a tough nut to crack, and I like it. He's a no-nonsense guy. He doesn't. He's not trying to make friends with the media or anything. I know as a media guy that I should not like this, but I got to be honest, I kind of like uh, the, the no-nonsense guys, and um, I, I just love that Ryan Day, what he did here. He kind of replaced himself with Mike Yurcich. Ryan Day, of course, replacing Urban Meyer. I mean, this is a guy, of course, in the Oklahoma State, we all know, great offenses. He was there as the offensive coordinator for six years. Kind of taking a little bit of a step back. He's not the, the offensive coordinator in name. He's the passing game coordinator um, and quarterbacks coach. Just uh, what are you hearing about Mike Yersich so far, and what are you seeing so far? Dude, everybody likes him. That, that's the thing you got to get is the coaching staff on the offense has to gel at this point uh, because you have so many young players who you're trying to develop, and it's critical that they understand that their coaches are all on the same page and they're all working to one goal. And that's what we've got. And I think he's going to do a really good job of developing that passing game to the strengths of the offense, uh, where I think we've got some really good receivers. But we have some tight ends who I think should be integrated into this offense. And early on, you're seeing them trying to work that into the game plan a little bit with the scheme. Um, Fantastic job here, I think, just overall, Ryan Day putting together his staff. But the ability to, to retain everybody that he wanted to keep on that offense and then replacing himself with a great coach as well. Uh, there's no, I mean, you can't say enough about the job that he's done in terms of putting the staff together. The offensive line was a big concern of mine entering spring. I'm not as concerned about it anymore. There's a couple of things that I really wanted to see. I mean, I wanted them to land a big-time graduate transfer, and they did in Jonah Jackson. He was the number five graduate transfer in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Justin Fields was number one, by the way. Uh, but Jonah Jackson is the fifth-best transfer, regardless of position in the country. Uh, I think that's great they got him. It's too bad he's not here for spring, but he'll be okay as a fifth-year senior, a two-year starter at Rutgers. Obviously, Thayer Mumford is sitting out um, so far, um, or will sit out all of spring with the back injury. When you look at this offensive line, especially Brandon Bowen running at right tackle, that is such a feel-good story. Hopefully, he stays healthy. He obviously was playing well two years ago before he got hurt. Just, you know, if you could speak a little bit about Brandon Bowen and what you're seeing on the offensive line as a whole. Yeah, so, I, I've, you know, my question is the offensive line. I think that uh, once you get through a spring, you kind of get into training camp. Those things all iron themselves out. Excited about Jonah coming here. He was a great player at Rutgers, so I, I only imagine that he's going to become a better player here at Ohio State. But Brandon Bowen, number one, one of the great guys on the team just in terms of personality, just in terms of being a good human being. But number two, that's a big man. And I think that he is suited to play tackle. They, they had him at guard for a little while. And I think that it's tough being, you know, a guy that big and you have to play in line, whereas the tackle, you're that big, you got some space around you. Um, You know, the one thing you're going to worry about is how does his leg hold up? Did he lose any of his foot quickness or anything like that? Because you're going to face some good speed rushers on the edge there. But um, just in terms of his development and what he brings as an older guy who's been through some adversity, it's going to be paramount that he can impart some of his experience into some of the guys on the O-line who are new because that's one position where those guys are going to have to grow up quick. I want to ask you about Josh Myers at center. I mean, that's obviously going to be a huge storyline to follow. If he can solidify center, that's going to be huge. I know Jonah Jackson can play center as well, but I kind of have – I think kind of think Jonah Jackson's penciled in at left guard, and they want to see what they got in Josh Myers at center. What are you hearing about Josh Myers? So Josh Myers is a guy who kind of you heard about making a push for some playing time um, here and there a little bit last year. I think he's poised for a breakout. Center is a, a tough position to play um, in any offense, but here at Ohio State, he's kind of the guy who's in command up front. You know, he's got to be able to ID the, the, the front, ID the linebackers. He's got to be able to uh, 
you know, make protection calls, all those kinds of things. And it's a lot to have on your plate. Um, he, but he's a smart kid. He's a tough kid. Um, kind of got that body type that you're looking for. And I think that the team is excited about him playing. And he's got, you know, really tough shoes to fill. When you look at some of the guys who have played center at Ohio State, um, we know that Mike Jordan might not have been the prototypical guy, but he was very good. Um, you know, uh, Jacoby Bourne, a guy who I played with, was very good, never played in the league, but a guy who commanded uh, things up on that offense. Um, it, it's it's going to be paramount for him to go in there and be a leader in command, uh, especially with the younger quarterback. You're going to have to be able to step up and fill that void. They're actually going to run some plays from under center, they've said. That's one thing Mike Yersich did not <laughs> want to talk about any tweaks that they're making, but because Ryan Day let the cat out of the bag, that was, that was one thing Yersich said, okay, yeah, we are doing some stuff from under center. Do you think that's just they want to have some of those plays in the playbook, or do you think we're actually going to see the Buckeyes go under center a few times? Uh, you'll, you'll probably see them go under center a couple of times. It just adds variety. I think it's a nice wrinkle because as a defense, you have to adjust. Um, timing's a little bit different defensively. Um, the playbook becomes a little bit different defensively. And what's good is if, you know, especially running the ball um, out of a shotgun formation, if the running back's not in the pistol, they're basically telling you where the ball is going to go. Um, when you're in a dot formation under center as an offense, there's not a ton of tips to where the ball is going to go. And that's where you're going to have to, it'll test the defense to see if their guys are really paying attention because there are some keys and there are some tips, but by and large, you have to be on point and be able to read that running back and get to a spot. So I think it adds a wrinkle there. Um, As you know, Justin Fields said it, and I think his quarterback coach was on the radio the other day and said it too, that he's worked from under center before, obviously at Georgia, but just in his training as a quarterback. So this is something that's not brand new to him. It's new to our offense, but a wrinkle that'll be welcome for sure. You mentioned the tight ends earlier, and it, it, this is a stat that I just can't believe. I mean, I can believe it because I talk about it a lot. It shouldn't be this way, though. Ohio State has not had a tight end reach 30 receptions since Ben Hartsock in 2003. And, I mean, is this year that's going to – it looks like they've got the – you know, they've got a good tight end room. Jeremy Ruckert's a player on the rise. Obviously, we're turning Luke Farrell and Rashad Berry, who played a lot last year, kind of as the co-starters. I mean, you think this is a year they can get somebody to, to 30 receptions, or is that going to be still down the line a little bit, Joshua? I mean, damn, you hope so. You just said you got some really good players there. What's What's been amazing for me, honestly, is that uh, guys like Jeff Hiram and Nick Vanette turn out to be third-round picks, and they don't have nearly the production that you would want out of a tight end. You just had some really good players there and they kind of, you know, missed out. And it's for a number of reasons. Number one, the offense that Urban liked to run just, you know, didn't incorporate the tight ends the way that we wanted to. He had really good players elsewhere, and so you got to decide. You know, Coach Meyer always talked about sitting in that meeting room on Friday and trying to figure out how many touches each guy is going to get. You got to get Zeke the ball, and he commands, you know, at least probably 15 touches a game. And then, you know, you've got guys like Mike Thomas who you're trying to figure out how you're going to use him, and you probably don't use him enough. And so it's the, the, the issue here is, number one, tailoring the offense to incorporate the tight ends. But number two, like, how do you decide who's going to get the ball? You have so many good players on the offense. You have to make a decision. And, you know, a lot of times the tight end's kind of the afterthought there. All right, last thing before I let you go here. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of fans want to know about this. Okay, it's spring break now for these uh, young men. Now, not for the Joshua Perrys on the team. The coaches aren't no. worried about whoever the Joshua Perrys are. But maybe for the guys on the team that were like me and my friends when we were in college, <laughs> how, how worried are the coaches this week with the, the, the guys being on spring break? 
Yeah, so uh, just my my spring break story. I spent every spring break when I was in college at the Woody. Um, I never went out of town. I was, you know, grew up 30 minutes down the street. So I drive home to my parents' house and drive up every morning to the Woody. Um, so you're right. Those aren't the guys that you worry about. Some guys end up going out of town and they have their spring break experience. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, the biggest thing for me is your coach will tell you a million times, don't get in trouble, do the right thing, X, Y, and Z. But it's up to the players and the leaders on the team to manage spring break expectations. And so I told the linebackers as we're going out of town, make sure you stay in that group chat. Make sure you check up on your guys every day. Send a text letting your boys know where you're at and what you're doing just in case anything goes down. Um, you want to have that line of communication open. You want to set the expectation that everybody's going to do the right thing. Uh, but, I mean, largely spring break is a time to enjoy yourself and recharge and unwind. And so if you want to go and you want to hang out and you want to party a little bit, go ahead and do it, you know, within reason. Um, if you want to put your playbook down and you don't look at it for a couple of days, that's fine. But you got to make sure at some point you're getting your playbook and you're getting into your iPad and you're watching tape so you can come back and you don't miss a beat from the two days of work that you put in beforehand. But largely, I'm not worried about this group. It seems like Urban did a really good job of recruiting good guys, um, especially toward the end of his tenure. And, and Ryan Day's done a great job of setting the expectation of what he wants those guys to be like. So I think this should be a problem-free spring break. Yeah. Mm-hmm.